Welcome to the North Group Podcast. At North Group, we are often invited into organizations to influence leadership and organizational behavior. It is absolutely fascinating work. I'm your host, Roger North, and we'd like to invite you into that conversation. We've been having a lot of fun with our podcasts, which have been centered on picking an idiom or a, a saying that is has been popularized perhaps over the years and having a conversation about the degree to which it may be helpful or useful in organizational life. That's the, that's the life that we're involved in with our clients. That's what matters to us and it's what matters to a lot of you. Today we've chosen an idiom to discuss with my good friend Gina Breslin. Let sleeping dogs lie. Gina, I think you did a little bit of research about the origin of that idiom. Tell me about that. Thanks, Roger. I did, and what I found out is there's a website, uh, theidioms.com. Oh, of course there of is. Of course. I would not have known that, but of course there is. So I found it, All right. and uh, it's, it described this phrase as originating in the 1300s. Wow. So who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Um, the reference, though, is to waking, sleeping watchdogs which you would not want to do because, of course, they could be quite fierce. Hmm. So I also did some research in looking, uh, you know, traditional uh, Merriam-Webster, and they describe the idiom as meaning, hey, uh, um, when there's a problem and we ignore or we, we avoid it because we think it could cause an even more difficult situation. So but another saying that we've heard over the years is wet let well enough alone. Have Absolutely. You heard that one? I have heard that one. You, that lines you know, right it's, up. It's funny at the age I'm at and I'm, you know, whatever plus 10 or at least that to you. Sometimes I'll say some of these idioms and then I'll look around the room and I'll realize maybe people 30 years younger than me have <laughs> never heard this one. So uh, I'm not so sure about let sleeping dogs lie, but uh, in that it's been around for 800 years, it, mu it must have uh, gotten some traction somewhere along the line. So uh, in, in organizations, you and I are often engaged in, in conversations or in situations where certain problems that probably should have resulted in a lively conversation have not occurred. Mm -hmm. Would that be the type of thing we're talking about here when a leader or for an employee or a membership of a leadership team has just decided, you know what, I'm not going to touch that one. What what kind of damage or, or issues have you seen come out of the misuse of this idiom? Yeah, love it, Roger. <laughs> I think that's so important, and I think that is exactly what we see. People who are unwilling to wade into the uncomfortable, wade into conflict. I grew up in this area, and you know the gold standard for conflict was was no conflict. Mm -hmm. um, and so we see this in in teams that we work with in organizations, uh, and it, it is detrimental. If a leader is unwilling to engage in conflict, how can we possibly expect the rest of our team to ask difficult questions? And how can we expect the best results if no one's willing to engage? So there's a there's a go first, a modeling piece to this that uh, if you're the leader of a business, the chairman of a committee, whatever we might, the mm -hmm. father or mother in a family sure. uh, needs to demonstrate that. And if we don't, uh, we'll 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 pay a price down the down the road somewhere. Is that what you're suggesting? It is what I'm suggesting. I think you lose credibility. I think if your team sees that you're unwilling 
that, right? You lose respect mm-hmm. uh, with that mm-hmm. with those individuals. Well, what have you experienced as some of the reasons why leaders do let sleeping dogs lie, or uh, shall we say, let problems or difficult conversations fester in their mm. organization? What, what's the, what's the most common reason? Well, the most common reason I think uh, is because it's uncomfortable. Mm. I, I really mm. don't enjoy conflict. Mm-hmm. Field hockey might be a different story, but mm-hmm. yeah, would prefer to avoid it. Don't quite honestly don't understand sometimes mm-hmm. why people can't just get along. So that would be a personal reason. That's a personal that I, I just reason. Don't right. want to feel uncomfortable. I'm not ready for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, ew, you know, I don't know, know if I know how to handle it. That kind of idea. I don't know what kind of reaction. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm going to get from the other person. But something else that we often see, and I think about this with high performers, is you know, well, if I upset them, with will they leave? Hmm. And so I'm not willing to engage because I might ruffle the feathers or, or lose a high performer. A book I w- I'm currently reading, actually, uh, identifies what you just set up mm-hmm. as something, I'd never heard this term before, as something called the fool's choice. Mm-hmm. That we often set up situations in our life to be an either or when they really aren't an either or. Mm-hmm. And the either or of what you just said is either I let this problem go or I upset a key person. Right. And that's a, uh, a very important point or juncture, shall we say, mm-hmm. for a leader is to reject the either or approach to that and say, would there be a way to get this conversation out on on the table mm-hmm. and have us own it together so we don't end up on opposite sides of the table. In that book, they, they, they use a term, the, create a pool of shared meaning. That's mm. a little high and mighty. Sure. But the idea <laughs> that it is a leader's job to mm. certainly wake that sleeping dog, but to do so in a way where we're, the word that comes to my mind is invitational. Mm. And that takes some skill, doesn't it, Gina? Absolutely, it takes skill. Um, when I think of conflict, and I, I know it's not, you know, my greatest strength dealing with conflict, I, I think it's important to to work at that skill, mm-hmm. right? If it doesn't come naturally to you, then let's take the steps to figure it out. So what, you know, what can so you not, do? Set so it's the not stage. a good excuse to say, oh, that's just who right. I am. I'm oh, a conflict please. avoider. No, no, right. You don't like that one? <laughs> I don't. I'm you sure don't like I do it, either. but... Yeah, right. Absolutely. Not a good, not a good way to go. So we're growing, we're getting better. Uh, Let me flip it around. Mm -hmm. Are there a few times where we should just let the sleeping dog lie? Let the problem lay? Roger, I think that's the situation that I, or the question that I struggle with the most, because that's my default. I would go there sooner than I should. But I do think there are times when, yes, it's probably best. And to me, I would, I think you have to step back, almost take that 30,000 foot view and look at not even so much risk benefit, but just what's the purpose. Mm-hmm. I remember a couple years ago, it was actually um, in my early days at North Group, uh, but you had really encouraged the team and went as far as to give us little cards that encourage us to ask the question, is it helpful? Mm-hmm. 
So that's where mm -hmm. I would start with trying to figure out, do I wade into conflict right now? Is this a good idea? Should I wake this dog yeah. or, or not? I like that frame, obviously. I've used it before. It's interesting how when you find a little phrase like that, in that case, mm -hmm. that was a number of years ago, was, is it helpful? I think it's a little bit like the preacher who is most often preparing the sermon for himself or herself. Mm -hmm. And that was a juncture in my life where there was a struggle going on with a particular team that I was working with. Mm -hmm. And I felt that different people in that team were asserting themselves in ways that were inward or benefiting self. And mm -hmm. I was encouraging them. But as I used that phrase with them and laminated the cards and those sure. sorts of things, I thought, how often am I applying that myself? Mm. And need to apply that myself. So I got to thinking about this because you know, some people would say, oh, Roger's okay with conflict. You know, he goes right after things. He's a fairly strong personality. I'm not sure. That's not naturally true for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And so what I've begun thinking about when we do have something that needs to be confronted is how do I balance content, mm -hmm. the problem, the conflict, the the clog in the drain itself with conditions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Think about content. Mm -hmm. Is this really a problem? Mm -hmm. Does it need to be discussed? Does it need to be attacked, if right. you will? Does it need to be solved? Most often in organizations, the answer to that's going to be yes. yes. We're not mm -hmm. going to let that sleeping dog lie right. for too long because we know that it's going to create other problems mm -hmm. down the line. A different question is, what are the conditions? And then I start asking questions about that person or that group of people that mm -hmm. I need to invite into that conversation and how I, as the leader, can perhaps create conditions which will be helpful to the content mm. and recognizing that sometimes I'm not all the way there, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I haven't created the proper cohesion among the team. Mm -hmm. I haven't helped to enhance relationships among the team. There might be a particular relationship on that team that is contentious for some reason, and I've Perhaps let that sleeping dog lie. Mm -hmm. So thinking about content is one thing. I think that's actually the easier part. We usually know what the problem is, right? or at least mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we know that a problem exists and needs to be defined and discussed. I'll put it that way. But finding the right conditions and not using conditions as an excuse to avoid it, right. but also not ignoring that conditions will likely mm -hmm. be the gateway to better content. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes sense to me. A, a part of that is setting the stage, yeah. you know, when, yeah. right. Yeah. Timing, uh, ex setting expectation. Uh, I think that's super. And, and here's a condition that, that, that I see a lot. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, a lot of the organizations we deal with would have fairly strong, straightforward leaders. No nonsense, right? No nonsense. Yep. Shoot it straight. Yep. And mm -hmm. so they might be ready right now to wade into that sure. mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. At the other end of the table is their controller. I'm just going to use that stereotype for the moment, mm -hmm. who may not even be aware yet that that this problem exists. Maybe the boss just turned it up on his, you know, his visit to the last job site or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. For the boss to, to go into the meeting, not tell people in advance, and demand that mm -hmm. we uh, wade in mm -hmm. under 
conditions dictated by that boss and solve this problem now is not proper conditions. Absolutely. On right. the other hand, to let it go too long or to wait till the controller has identified every jot and tittle of mm -hmm. what the financial ramifications of it might be, might be waiting too long. Too so long. I think a right. lot of times it's just um, honoring the conditions that exist in the group, but maybe moving them a little closer to this idea that this is not an organization in which we're going to let sleeping mm -hmm. dogs lie. The, the other thing that came to mind as you were explaining that, because I think that's so spot on, I also think it's just understanding your temperament, how you prefer mm. to behave in that moment. Because for that leader, the leader that you described, we've all seen those types of leaders, they bring a lot of benefit to the table. But when you walk in, you haven't set the expectation, you haven't set that precedent, boom, what does that feel like to mm -hmm. the rest of the group? Mm -hmm. And typically, we're not asking that question. Um, so if you bring people who have a higher level of awareness around you, hopefully they can help you, you know, begin to, again, set that stage. So perhaps a big part that we're mm -hmm. identifying here in the course of this, this conversation uh, is less about do we wake the sleeping dog, but when and how and under what conditions. And that's what I would mm -hmm. encourage us to think about and, and those that are, are listening to us here today to think about the responsibility of a leader to to get a group or even a conversation in the right condition, but at the same time, not do what you and I might do in mm -hmm. our default position. Oh, you know, this is not a good time to talk about that. Maybe next mm -hmm. month. And in the meantime, if it actually is a problem that's occurring in the organization, it's likely that that problem is growing. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of the condition as well is, is measuring the timing of, mm -hmm. you know, just of what is happening in the organization there. What are you thinking? So I listened to a podcast recently um, uh, by Patrick Lencioni and Craig Groeschel. And one of the things, and I actually took the time to write this down, but a phrase or a sentence that they shared was the difference between where you are and where you could be, maybe the pain you are willing to endure. Mm. So I just, to me, made so much sense about this idiom, let, let sleeping dogs lie, uh, it, to a degree, if you don't if you don't engage in conflict and do it the right way in the way that you're describing, oftentimes there's a degree of selfishness. Yes. You're being nice but not kind. Yeah, Gina, that's really good. And certainly, we all go through a certain degree of pain if we're committed to growth. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, for leaders, that pain is in identifying some of our own tendencies mm -hmm. or. or shall we say, proclivities that are not mm -hmm. beneficial to the group mm -hmm. and deciding whether or not we're going to be selfish about them. Right, right. And I think much of the pain of leadership growth in my life has been in identifying how often I have operated in a selfish mode mm -hmm. under uh, uh, in a leadership situation and favored myself and not favored the group. And I think mm -hmm. that goes back to condition. So... As a way to wrap this up this mm -hmm. morning, could you repeat that quote? Because I think that's worth, uh, I think that's worth thinking about. Thanks, Roger. I, yeah, I agree. I love it. So the quote is, the difference between where you are and where you could be may be the pain you are willing to endure. Be willing to endure some pain mm -hmm. to grow as a leader and grow your organization. Thanks, Gina. Thanks, Roger. Thanks for listening to the North Group Podcast. 
For more information about North Group Consultants, please visit northgroupconsultants.com.